of the land, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. This is good, yeah. I've been uh, speaking on God's miracle plan. I really firmly believe that God has a miracle plan for people who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not supposed to live a life, a life that is just ordinary. In fact, Paul was saying to the Corinthians, he says, you live like mere men. In other words, you are not just a human being. You have the Spirit of God in you, and that makes you a different human being from the rest of the world. <clears throat> so we know from the Scriptures, um, Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18, it tells us this very clearly. Here am I, that's Jesus, here am I, and the children whom the Lord has given to me. Here am I, and the children whom the Lord has given to me. Remember in John, Jesus was saying, those that the Father gave, gave, gave to me, no one can pluck them out of my hand. He said, the Father who gave them to me is greater than all. And here he is saying in Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18, Here am I, and here he is with us tonight. Can I hear an amen? Jesus is here with us tonight, and you are the children that God has given to him. You belong to him. Here am I, and the children whom the Lord has given to me, we are for signs. What are we for? For signs and what? Wonders to Israel. Now, not just Israel, because that was Old Testament, New Testament. It's signs and wonders to the world. From the Lord of hosts. That's the Lord of the armies of heaven. From the Lord of hosts, who dwells in Mount Zion. Mount Zion is a type of the church. So Jesus is dwelling in the church, and we belong to him. We are for signs. You are born from above. When you hear the word born again, what that means is born from above. Born from heaven. You belong to heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. And because you are a citizen of heaven and you live on the earth, you are truly a sign to the world. Jesus puts it this way. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. That's you. You are the light of the world. We are assigned to the world, to the rest of the world. Why? Because just unlike the rest of the world, the Bible says sin does not have dominion over us. We're not like them. Sin cannot reign over us. It may attempt to. It may succeed sometime. But sin is not permitted to reign and rule over any Christian. You can read that in Romans chapter 6 verse 14. He says, for sin, because sin shall not reign over you. Sin shall not rule over your life. That's because of what Jesus did on the cross. All you have to do, God said, believe it. If you believe it, the power of sin is broken. Sin cannot reign over us. We may permit it sometimes, but you can say no. Unlike the rest of the world, they can't. You can beat any addiction. 
Because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. Guess why we are assigned to the world again? We are assigned to the world because God has given us divine health. God has made us strong according to his word. To be strong and to be productive in life. Different from the rest of the world. It makes it very clear to us. God initially made man in a way that your body can fight disease. Naturally, your body can fight disease. Your medicine helps your body to fight disease. That's the way God created us. He never intended for us to be sick. That was not the way God intended it. But because of the fall, sick sin and sickness came into the world to destroy us. But then Jesus came. And since Jesus came, just like uh, as it is with sin, sickness doesn't have the right to reign over your life. Sickness doesn't have, because we're different. We are for signs and wonders. They're supposed to look at you and wonder, how come you never get sick? Amen. If you don't get excited, I'm excited. How come? How come you never get sick? How come it's always well? How come his children are doing so well? That's what they said of Kenneth Hagin. They argued about him and they said, well, this new religion, because he was a Baptist, this new religion, well, he became a Bapticostal. And, uh, and, uh, and, and they said, this new thing that he's taking on, we don't understand it. And, and everybody was against him in the home, the whole family, aunties and brothers and cousins, everyone was against him. But he had children, and they had a family meeting, and they were talking about this Kenneth again. Something is wrong in his head. He's acting kind of weird and all of that. And one of the ladies, one of the aunties said, well, you guys can say whatever you want to say, but I know this, his children never ever get in trouble, and they're never ever sick. Amen. We're for signs. Because the Bible says, by his stripes, we are healed. God said in, in uh, Exodus chapter 15, I am the Lord who heals you. When you're healed, you're no longer sick. And that's part of, part of the thing I'm going to be focusing on tonight. But we are assigned to the world because God has promised to meet all of our needs. You know the scriptures. I am the Lord, your shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. So God is my shepherd. And you know the scriptures. Psalm 23, we'll repeat that all the time. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for anything. And Philippians 4 verse 19 says, God shall meet all, how many of your needs? All of our needs, according to what riches? That's mighty rich. That's mighty rich. According to his riches in glory. If God is meeting your need, according to his riches in glory, think about it. If Bill Gates is meeting your needs, according to his riches, we know what's going to happen to you, right? But he's bigger than Bill Gates. And he's meeting your needs according to his riches in glory. And the Bible says, you will not be in want. All God is asking for, believe it. God also makes us different from the rest of them. Amen. He made us a sign to the world. 
Because he gave us power for relationships. To love as Jesus loved. There's nothing greater than that. Anything that God's love touches comes alive. And we have been given the power when Jesus tells you to do something. It's not like the Old Testament where there is no power to do it. When he tells you to do something, he says, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. He gives you the life of what he's saying and he has given us the power to love. And Jesus told us, love as I love. So you can have solid, grounded relationships with anyone. Including your enemies. Amen. You can love your enemies. So God has made us that. And, and that's the focal point of the scriptures here. God planned a miracle plan for your life. And we have to believe it. I like that scripture uh, in, in uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. You know that scripture. God says, I'm not confused about the thoughts that I have for you. And the plans that I have for you. I'm not confused about it. I know my plans for you. And he says it's to do you good. To give you a nice future. Amen. I'm paraphrasing. But that's what he says. And we have to believe those scriptures. Because God meant everything that he said. He told us in Isaiah 55, my word will not return to me void. So I can believe his word. I can believe his word. And so the scripture tells us, and we need to go back. This scripture is is really a basic scripture for me. Go back there all the time. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. He forgives all my iniquities. When your iniquities are forgiven, sin is dead. Forgiveness means the death of sin. When Jesus died on the cross, the day Jesus died on the cross, sin died. That's the truth. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. That's what the Bible tells us. He redeems our lives from destruction. That means I just, I mean, this is just so true. I mean, I believe these scriptures. I don't have to be dead in the street by an accident with one hand knocked off from my body somewhere because of the accident. That's not my inheritance. Be it unto you according to your faith. I'm not going to die in a plane crashing down. I know that's kind of lofty. This is not bragging. You don't have the strength to stop all of these things. But I trust the God who sees all things and can do all things. And I can boldly say, I trust in His faithfulness. And His faithfulness is forever. And so I can trust Him. He gives you what you trust Him for. Whatever you commit to Him, He is able to keep until that day. So I can commit my life to Him and tell Him, God, He says, whatever you ask, I'll give to you. That's what he said. Ask and shall be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives. And I am everyone. And I ask, I don't want to die with a plane crash, going down, sitting there wondering, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to die or am I going to live? I wish I can talk to my wife. No. 
No, that's not my inheritance. Jesus already took all of that when he went to the cross. And he knew what was coming to him. But he willingly did it for us. Amen? And if you can believe it, God will do that for you. God says, be it unto you according to how you are believing. I'm sharing this with you so we can all believe together. It's better when we believe together. That's the miracle life that God has planned for us. That we shouldn't be just like the unbelievers, mere men, Paul says. We're not like that. When you read, uh, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he says, the wind blows and you hear the sound of it. But you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it's going. He says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You are a mystery to the world. They can't figure you out. Because the Holy Spirit that created the world, He lives inside of you. And you are not ordinary. You can't have a person in in whom the Holy Spirit, God Himself is living in, to be an ordinary individual. No, that's not an ordinary individual. We just don't think on these things. But the Bible says, whatever is good. Those are the things for us to think on it. It's not going to offend God. Think on it. That the Holy Spirit is living in me. That's why the Bible says, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You are different. You were chosen by God himself. God looked down and says, I want that one. And heaven said, yes. And the angels rejoiced because of you. And here you are. You don't even know why. How great you are. And what great family you've been born into. We just don't recognize that. So I can believe God will take care of me. Not just me, my family, my children, my property, everything. That's what the scripture tells us. Amen? That's what God's given to us. It's funny. Tonight, I talked last week about uh, sin, not having dominion over you. And there is no way else to be free. He says, what the law could not do, that's Romans chapter 8, what the law could not do, in that he was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, he condemned sin in the flesh. So sin was destroyed in the flesh. That you might become the righteousness of God in him. You can find that again. That's Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. We are God's righteousness. When I look at Pastor, Pastor here, Pastor Roy, I see God's righteousness. Amen. When I look at Karen, then that's not a lie. That's scripture. If you don't like it, that's your business. God says she is God's righteousness. That she might become the righteousness of God in Christ. When you are in Christ, you are the righteousness of God. You want to look at the righteousness of God, what it looks like? Hey, look at Pastor Roy. Amen. That's scripture. Let God be true and every man a liar. That's what the scripture says. Tonight I'm going to be focusing on healing. He, look at what it is. Because what's really affecting us is the mindset. Our mindset. 
That's why the Bible tells us in Romans, renew your mind. Romans chapter 12. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are only transformed if you change your mindset. That's all. The transformation comes when your, your mindset is changed based on the word of God. You know what it is in the natural, but the Bible says we don't look to the things that we are seen. We look to the things that are unseen. And so the things that are unseen, they're in the scripture. They are very lofty. God says, look at those things, and those things will lift you up and transform you. I said, look at those. Look at these scriptures here. I'm going to be talking tonight about sin and sickness. Sin and sickness. Look at this scripture here. He bore our sin and our sicknesses. Our sins and our sicknesses. Jesus bore our sins and our sicknesses. According to the scriptures. And I'm going to read those two scriptures here. The first scripture is in First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says, Who himself, that Jesus himself, bore our sins, right? Where? In his own body. Not his soul, not his spirit. But he bore our sins in his own body. Because when we sin, we sin with our flesh, right? He bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, so the result of it, that we, because he bore our sins, we haven't died to sin. Every time Jesus bears a sin, we die to that sin. Right? Have you seen a dead man rising up to go and, to go and sin? A dead person waking up to sin? You're dead, you're dead. You're not going anywhere. So the Bible is saying, because Jesus bore our sins, we died to sin. So that we might live for what? For righteousness. So your life is to live for righteousness. You are now living for righteousness. Because Jesus bore your sins, you died to sin. According to the scriptures, now you are alive, still alive, even though you died to sin. Somehow you are alive because Jesus was raised from the dead. And now you are living your life, but you are living your life for righteousness. It's just a question of understanding and believing it. And then he added, by whose stripes we, by whose stripes you were healed. We were healed as well. Notice the word used, not by whose stripes you are healed, it's in the past. When Jesus died. So he bore our sins on his body, right? And we died because he bore it. Or he bore our sins. He bore them. So we died according to the scriptures. Now, turn with me to Matthew chapter 8, beginning from verse 16. And I'm going to read verse 17 as well. He says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. How many people did he heal? Everyone that was sick that evening was healed. 
everyone. It didn't matter what you had. Even if something across your head and you can't even feel anything and they brought you there, you go with your head complete. The brain all working. It healed everyone that evening. Why did he do it? Why? He tells us here in the scriptures, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled. Jesus was fulfilling a scripture which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, He himself took what? Our infirmities and what? Bore our, just as he bore our sins. In his body. When he bore our sin in his body, we died to sin, right? When he bore our sicknesses in his body, we died to sickness. Can you make a dead person sick? He's dead. You can't make a dead person sick. It's impossible. He's already dead. We are dead to it. And alive to health. Divine health. Just as we are alive to righteousness, because we died to sin, we died to sickness, so that we can live for divine health. The same principle. He's the same body, right? The same body. Was, one, was sickness on one side of the body and sin on the other side of the body and the other side of the body is more important than this other side the sickness was in? That's silly. The same body. It's our mindset that is causing us trouble. Amen. It's our mindset that is causing us problem. Question, why don't we see more healings today? Why? Why? If you read in the scriptures, something is not right. If you read in the scriptures, if you've never been in the Bible, ever, and you start reading the Bible from the Gospels, as you read the Gospels, to us, you see so many miracles that Jesus was doing, and you are amazed, right? This Jesus man is incredible. As you read, and at the close of the gospel, <coughs> you begin to wonder, as you look into the lives of the disciples, and the way they were carrying on, you're wondering, wow, all of these things, is going, all of these things will disappear from the earth. Because Jesus is living now. We'll not be seeing all these things we're reading anymore with all the signs and the wonders. But as you go into Acts of the Apostles, it's as if Jesus was still around. Nothing changed. They were doing the same works. When they brought them before the Sanhedrin, they, were te- they said they were ignorant men, fishermen. How did they get these things? And he said they took note of them that what? They had been with Jesus. So they were continuing the works of Jesus. Nothing changed. What has changed today? Christians who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, Christians who know the power of salvation, 
They are just like the rest of the world. There is no difference. We are as sick as they are. Even though we are Christians. You say, I'm like, you, you're laying down there sick. I mean, no offense. I'm, I'm just preaching gospel, okay? Not preaching against anybody. I'm just trying to say, this is what we need to believe. Please bear with me. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. For us to really think, our mindset hasn't changed. You, Jesus said you are the light of the world. If you are sick like the rest of them, what light are you giving? There's no light. That's not what the Bible tells us. I've never read anywhere in the scripture that Peter was ever sick. Have you read that? I know they talk about Paul. If I need to go into the doctrine, I'll tell you more about Paul. Thorn in the flesh. You heard about that? The thorn in the flesh. <laughs> like I said, the thorn in the flesh was in sickness because if it was sickness, uh, sick preachers stay home and they make their assistants preach for them. They don't go from town to town riding on horses. Uh, they stay home or in the hospital and you bring flowers to them. You don't, they are never in church preaching. Uh, but Paul was preaching from city to city, walking from place to place. Uh, he wasn't sick. That's not what he's talking about. Amen? I can go into that very deeply so that uh, you can understand it fully. The question then is mindset. Why? What's the reason? The reason for it is simple. The message of salvation, that Jesus, our sin bearer, is so well preached and understood by believers. We know that message very clearly. We are not, when it comes to salvation, Jesus, our sin bearer, we know it very well. But when it comes to Jesus, our sickness bearer, we know very little about it. We know very little. He's not preached very much. And sometimes when he's preached, people get offended. That's true. Hey, I've been there. They get offended. They don't want to hear about that. And so they live by traditions. Traditions of men. They ignore the scripture. And they don't ever talk about They don't talk about it. They only preach on salvation. How to survive in, the li- in life. How to do things about... You know, the miraculous part, science and all of that is completely gone. Now we are in a survival mode. We have to be taught how to cope. Coping your marriage, coping, everything is coping. You know, simply that's what we're doing. We go to seminars so we can be taught how to cope. That's the truth. The power of God is not there. We have to learn how to cope. But that's not what the scripture is saying. Jesus is the Savior of the soul. Because he was our sin bearer. But he's also the savior of the body because he was our sickness bearer. You re- it's not me. He's written in Matthew chapter 8 verse 16. That evening he healed everyone that was sick that it might be fulfilled. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Just in the same way he bore our sins. But he's never taught. We don't know much about it. 
Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 32, And you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. In, in, in Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, Faith comes by... Yeah, because when you know the truth, faith is born in you. And you are only delivered through your faith. Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But in our time, faith lives by the hearing of the preacher. After preacher is preached, faith is gone. Faith comes by hearing. Getting saved requires faith. Believing the gospel, right? We all know that God died for the world. Jesus died for every man's sin, right? And everyone can be saved. All we tell them is, all you need to do is just say this prayer with me, right? And we are sure that if they said that prayer and truly believe in your heart, no doubt they are healed, they are saved, right? But when it comes to healing, we have a different mindset. We feel we needed to do something more, which is bigger, which is greater. You just said a simple prayer, and the guy cried a little tear, and now we're all rejoicing. He's saved. Praise the Lord. How do you know that? And if I ask you, how do you know? He said, let me show you, brother. It's in the Word. See? Jesus bore our sins, and he confessed his sins. And you show them the scriptures, and we all go rejoicing. He said, two people got saved today in church. What did they do? They said this prayer. Because we have been so well taught. We don't miss that. But when it comes to Jesus, our sickness bearer, we know very little about it. He's not taught at all. That's where the problem is. I've come to realize something. When the scripture says something, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. If you go against it, it will destroy your life. Jesus puts it this way. He says, everyone on which the rock falls, everyone who falls on the rock will be broken in pieces. He said that. Broken is when you fall on the rock, you're resting on the rock. First, you're broken in pieces, and he will have to put you back together again. But if he falls on you, you're ground to powder. I've come to realize this. If I turn my life and, and refuse to accept certain God's part, part of God's word, it, it, I don't care how spiritual you are. It's going to affect you. I've come to realize that. When we, uh, the other, I just finished a message on bitterness. I don't care who you are. You get bitter, it's going to affect your life. I don't care how spiritual you are. You allow that thing in, it's going to destroy you. You stay around people who are bitter... They won't talk about the reason why they're bitter. They talk about other things. You imbibe those things, something's going to happen in your life. You're not bigger than Scripture. You change your life. And you won't even be aware that your life is being changed. You're blind. That's called deceit. So we need to line up with what Scripture says. That's the only salvation we have. For me in ministry, I like to stay with Scripture. 
If I hear something that I've heard before, that I've never heard before, and I had a different idea, I don't say that person is wrong. I just don't know yet. I will study until I finally arrive. God, you teach me. I don't understand this. I'm not just going to take it and accept it because this man is a great preacher in the world. I don't do that. I just don't, I don't accept it. I want to go to heaven. That's very important to me. It's the mindset that's the problem. Because we're not listening to what God says. It's amazing. If God puts sickness on his son, just the same way he puts sickness, I mean sin on his son's body, then sickness must be evil. Think about it. Why else would God allow his son to bear sickness just as the born sin? Think about it. God must not like sickness just as he doesn't like sin. Why would Jesus die for something that is benign and doesn't affect human beings? Just like sin. Jesus bore both sickness and sin in the same body, the same divine body. So if sickness is just benign, why did God care so much about it? That he treated sickness the same way he treated sin. And we can come to the scriptures many times. He tells us, we read it in First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. After Peter talks about sin, the next thing, immediately, the same sentence, he comes in, by whose stripes you were healed. Because you can't separate them. There was never a time Jesus sent his disciples to go preach for salvation and he didn't tell them to heal the sick. You can't find that in the scriptures. You can never find it. I know we have all kinds of gospels today in the world, but you can't, when you want to go by scripture, you'll never find Jesus sending anybody to preach without telling them, heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. You can't find that. Now we are choosing what we want to do. And people tell you, this is what we want to hear. I don't, don't tell me that. I don't listen to anybody of that. I just don't do that. I love my own soul. I want to get to heaven. I don't listen to people. I pray and ask God what he wants me to do. That's what I'm going to do. I just don't. If you go there, you're just looking for I'm just going to. I'm not going to listen to you. This is what the Bible says. I stay with it. I'm not being a pastor because I want a profession. I want to get to heaven. That's number one for me. So I got to stay with what God says in this world, not a man's opinion or what somebody wants me to say. I'm not doing that. I have respect for my God more than anybody else. That's just important. The most important person in my life apart from God is my wife. But if she tells me something, even, no, no, I'm not going there. He said the scripture. Thank God she never does that. Amen. I got to rescue myself. Okay. <laughs> so faith comes by hearing. That thing is evil. Why don't we have the same attitude towards sickness as we have towards sin? Have you asked yourself that? It was sin that caused Jesus' death, right? But sin was not alone. There was another thing he was bearing as well. Sickness and disease. He's there in the scriptures. We just haven't been taught that much about it. You know, by the grace of God, I started reading this years ago. There were times in the night I was begging God, please let me sleep. 
because I was so excited. I don't criticize my pastors because I was learning so much. I didn't ever knew. I didn't. I didn't ever know at that point that one day God was going. I was just. I was just glad to know the truth about this thing. And I want to share it with people because it's important. You don't have to do anything. You know, as I'm preaching to you by the grace of God. You're receiving faith. You may not know it, but faith is coming into your heart. And that faith is like a shield round about you against sickness. Now, sickness is going to try, just like sin. You're going to be tempted, okay, <laughs> to receive sickness. But you have to resist, just like you resist with sin. Amen? And sometimes we're not willing to resist. And it happens to me too. I'm not willing to. I'd rather just lay there, you know. And then later cry out to God, <laughs> please help me. But that's what it is. If salvation is for all, healing is for all as well. Because salvation is for all because of the sin bearer, right? And healing is for all because of the sickness bearer. And the sickness bearer and the sin bearer, they're just the same person. Jesus of Nazareth. That's why the scripture says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, and then the next thing, who heals all your diseases, including the uh, little C word that uh, Bill talked about tonight, cancer, including that. God's not going to say, well, oh, you have a headache. Just come here, sister. We'll pray for we'll you. We'll heal you. That you got cancer? Oh, that's a big one. That's our mindset. Jesus could care less. Even if you have been dead for four days, he'll bring you back alive. He won't even care. Yes. This is the same Jesus that we're preaching. There's a scripture. I still got some time. There's a scripture that talked about this man that they brought to Jesus. He was paralyzed. And they couldn't get him in. Because of the crowd. Those guys said, nobody's going to stop us. He's here. We're going to get our healing for our friend. Good friends. It's good to have good friends, okay? <laughs> Stay away from bad friends. <laughs> really, they'll, they'll hurt you. These were different from Job's friends. <laughs> you know Job's friends? <laughs> but he got there. There's so many people. They say, hey. We're not going to get in there. How are we going to do this? We know it's inside the house. We'll just climb up the roof and tear this thing down. If they get mad, we'll pay them and we'll, come, we'll fix it. But our friend, you're going to get well, okay? So they climbed up. And the guy had a lot of faith. He says, take me up. Drop me down. If I die, he says, he's going to raise me. And he says, that when Jesus saw their faith, he healed the man, right? No. What did he say first? Your sin forgiven you. 
The man didn't come there for sins, forgiveness. That's not what he was there for. He came there to be healed. Right? What if Jesus had just said, your sins are forgiven you, now go back home, lame. The man would say, what was that? I came here to be healed. And now you're telling me, sin forgiven, I'm still sick. That's not what he came for, right? It will not be complete. It will not be complete. They got upset about Jesus forgiving him sin, but that was important to Jesus. They're one and the same. He says, which is, which is greater? Which is easier to say? To say to the man, your sins be forgiven you, or to say to the man, rise up and go home? As far as Jesus was concerned, when his sins are forgiven, he will walk away leaving his sin and his sickness behind. No difference. If nobody has said a word to Jesus or if they were not thinking that those bad thoughts, as soon as the words came from Jesus' mouth to him and, and, and the man heard it and was grateful for that, you would instantly he would have been healed. The story is a little different because people were thinking bad about what Jesus had said. That's why the story was different. Otherwise, all Jesus would have said to him, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And he would have risen up, walked away, leaving his sin and his sickness behind him. That's just the truth. They are one and the same. Because Jesus is both our sin bearer as well as our sickness bearer. And it doesn't matter how, what you're sick with. He healed every sickness, every disease. He healed all. So we are so good. I'm going to be closing now. We are so good with the message of salvation. And so people get saved. All the time. Hundreds. Everywhere we go to preach the gospel. But let me ask you this. How many people will get saved if all the message they hear from the preacher is one? Maybe it's not God's will to save you. Did you hear that? We say to the guy, maybe it's not God's will to save you. You see, uh, you've been coming to church and you've cried and prayed, uh, uh, but uh, we don't know if you're saved. And you've cried many times and now you still don't feel saved. So we say to the person, Maybe it's not God's will to save you. How many people will be saved if that's the message pastor preaches every Sunday? You know, for some of you, it may not be God's will to save you. You're going to hell. The guy says, why am I in church? It's not God's will to save me. I'm just going to go sin. How many people will be saved? Number two. Perhaps your sin is for God's glory. Hear that? Perhaps this sin that you're sinning is going to eventually bring glory to God. Because that's what we tell people they are sick. 
and we've prayed a few times and nothing happened. Don't worry about it. God will get glory out of it later. Why don't you tell them, keep sinning? Eventually, God's going to get glory out of it. You won't have a job as a preacher after that. The church members will kick you out. But that's the message you hear when it comes to healing. When it comes to Jesus, the sickness bearer. We know the message of salvation. That's wrong. You can't say that, pastor. That's wrong. It's God's will to save everybody. Why? Because Jesus bore our sin. Yeah, he also bore our sicknesses. Why are you saying God gets glory for somebody being sick? Say the same thing. God gets glory for you sin- from you sinning. We won't do that. Just trying to make you think. What about this? Perhaps God is using your sin to chastise you or to um, correct you. <coughs> you know that? Whom the Lord loves, he corrects. So God is correcting you with this sin that you are sinning. Keep sinning because it's correction from God. Who will believe? Who are many people will be saved hearing something like that? That God is correcting you with this sin that is in your life? They'll throw you out of church. But that's what we tell them. Don't worry about it. Brother, did you do anything wrong? Maybe God is trying to slow you down. You heard that before? You've been going so fast, so God is trying to slow you down so you can spend more time with your family. They tell them that. That's no scriptural. Why don't you tell them God is trying to slow you down with this sin in your life, so keep sinning so you can be with your family. Nobody's going to accept that. You see, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Because we know, and it's not our fault. It's because of the way we've been taught. That's the reason why we feel that way. Another one. Be patient in your sin until God sees fit to save you. Okay? Haven't you heard that? I said, don't complain. Don't worry, brother. God's going to heal you someday. Uh, we don't know, uh, but just keep, 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 keep sinning. God's going to save you sometime. We do that with sickness. Just be patient, brother. And pray. Pray. Be patient. One day, God may just remember you. And then, He'll heal you. We do that with sickness, but we can never do that with sin. You can't tell somebody to be patient in their sin until God sees fit to save you. That would be wrong. They will immediately come at, at you and say, that's not right. What about this? God does not save people anymore. People come to church. Hey, I want to let you know, God doesn't save people anymore. He did that in the New Testament when Peter and the other, when the last apostle died, God stopped saving people. But come to church. But that's what you hear. God doesn't heal anymore. Have you heard that? God doesn't heal anymore. He has created medicine and doctors 
an angel and the rest of them, they can heal you through their, their medicine. God doesn't heal anymore. Divine healing, that stops of the devil. Have you heard that? Healing, that stops of the devil. And they will quote scriptures to you. They say, you know, the Bible says in the last days, false prophets will come and they do signs and wonders and they are deceiving signs. So what about the real prophets? Why are they not doing any real signs? But that's what you hear. That's what you hear. God doesn't do that anymore. How many people will be saved if you get yes, messages like that? My point is, the reason we are not seeing a whole lot of healings is because we preach heavily on one side and people get it because they heard over and over again. And they can just say a single prayer and they know and believe that they are, healed, they are saved. But we don't preach much on the other side. We forget the sickness bearer. We stay focused on the sin bearer. It's all the same in the mind of God. And I want to go into a scripture. If you read in Isaiah chapter 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. That's for sin. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. But he didn't stop there. He says, by whose stripes you are healed. You don't separate them. They are one. God didn't separate them. So God wants people healed. Amen? Now preach that message. Tonight we're going to be closing. If you're sick, the sickness bearer is here. Amen? He tells us where two or three gather in his name, he is there in the midst of them. You know, uh, Mike and I we were in prison. That was not last week, the week before. And uh, Michael was preaching, and I decided in my mind, most of these prisoners have never really seen a miracle. So I made Michael to testify about his mother's. I suggested it to him, and he did it. He, he spoke the testimony, but he didn't go into details. I wanted details. So I, I broke Michael, please tell them. And he told them what happened. They liked it. And then later, we got to practice that here. And they saw people here. Last time, we had more people that signed up for our, class, our, our, what do you call it, study. A lot of them were growing in prison there. Were really growing. And you could see them. I said, we told them, all of us, because I think after a while they thought, that pastor is anointed. How many have heard that? He's anointed. So he laid his hands. No, the Bible says, he who believes the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works and these shall he do. That's, that's uh, 14 verse 12. John 14 verse 12. We can do the same. So I, I told them, hey you guys, after Michael prayed for one, that was healed. I prayed for another one. That, they got very excited. Now the third one came. They all got out. I said, we're all going to do this together. They would say, yes, we will. And you, they were not sitting anymore. They were standing. And very focused. And I, saw, I told us here, one of the guys, and this last week he was very focused too. And he's no longer sick in his back. I mean, that guy could not sit well. The pain was strong. And so I made all of them. I said, how many of you are believers here? All these inmates put their hands, we believe. I said, well, the Bible says you lay hands on the sick. And then we all pray together. And we, Jesus healed this man. 
And last week he was there with us. He made us know the pain is not like it used to be. I'm completely free. He's been there for a while. That's the Jesus we serve. He's real. He's real. He's really real. We need to preach this word so that we can go out and spread word. What I'm going to be doing with this, hopefully, I want to go into a time in our class here where I want to teach you on Wednesday night how to pray for the sick. <coughs> the different ways Jesus did it and how you can pray for the sick and see them healed. Whether at work or at home or wherever. It's for all believers. All believers. These signs follow those who believe. How many believers do we have here? They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will what? Recover. That's nice. Well, that's good. Practice it. Amen? Practice it. If you're sick this night, can you come up here? We're going to pray for you, and I believe you'll be healed tonight. Stand up with me. We're closing right now. And we'll be back here. I'll be praying with you. That's what I meant, Amy. I think you'll be feeling good, right? Lift your hands up before our God tonight. How good God is. That's why God is a good God. Frees us from the power of sin so we are not slaves to sin. Frees us from the power of sickness and disease so we have confidence and we are not weak. And it says, let the weak say, I am strong. Doesn't matter how you feel, you're strong. Let the sick say, I have divine health. Because you are a child of God. You are a family member. No sickness in heaven that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the heavens will. Nobody's ever sick there. Let it be done right here in my life. Amen. Amen. Can I hear an amen? amen. Let it be done right here in my life. Don't want to be sick. Don't need any flowers. Keep your money in your flowers. I will be fine. Now if you're sick, Everyone can be tempted. Amen? And sometimes we fall. We don't start judging everybody and any other person. We walk together as a team. Amen? And get our brothers up. But get this mindset and strong in your mind. No, that's not for me. It's an individual race. It's an individual race. Everyone is running the race. It's not a group race. Everyone is running. So you make up your mind. That's never for me. And see how God will walk that through. Let's lift our hands again. We're going to be praying. Father, I want to thank you. I believe.